The Meet for TCAS is brought to you in part by SoneLab, a recording studio in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Offering recording, mixing, and mastering of all styles of music, we even master podcasts. Email info at sonelab.com for more information. That's info at sonelab.com. That's the record button. Have we started? We have started. So, this is the Meet for TCAST. You might always start like that. Who knows? Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome to season two, episode 24, the penultimate episode of our season. Yes, I'm Mark Allen Miller. I'm Elizabeth McDuffie. Welcome to the Meet for Tea cast. We're thrilled to have you listening, and we're thrilled to have as our guest, it's the illustrious Tommy Tom, Twilight. Tom Clark, Thomas Clark, Tommy Twilight, man of many names, well... One of the co-founder of the Florence Poet Society, and he's been multiply published in Meet for Tea, and is a longtime subscriber to Meet for Tea, and all-around terrific uh, member of the arts and literary community. He's also a musician. and music. Yeah, he's a great musician. Uh, he can be often found performing at Gundy's Open Mic, which is now actually live and in person again at the 13th floor JJ's Tavern Woo-hoo. on Wednesday evenings, but they were doing virtual virtual open mics for... We watched those. Yeah, oh. for the shutdown. Every uh, Wednesday night. I believe they're archived, or at least to some degree archived on Facebook. If you do a search for Gundy's open mic, you might be able to dig up some of the videos, including performances from Tommy, amongst many other awesome people. This episode is special because for the longest time we've been doing these remotely via Zencaster, and this time Tommy came to our house and sat at our dining room table. Hung out with us right here under the three elephants, the octopus and the flying spaghetti monster. And he brought his guitar. So you're gonna hear him reading selected poems and performing songs live and in person from our dining room. Yeah, it's actually the first time I got to do a, uh, a recording of live music here in the dining room. and. I've been editing the podcast uh, pretty much as we're recording this. I am partway through editing this episode and it came out pretty great. I gotta say, kind of cool. So definitely stick around because those two songs that he performs are towards the end of our conversation. Plus you don't want to miss any of the conversation or his readings. It's all fabulous. Yeah. We got into talking about a lot of different stuff, arts, music, life, kind of a little bit. Well, you'll find out. He has a lively mind. Yeah, no, it was a great, a great conversation. I think you'll enjoy it as much as we did hanging out with him here. Maybe we should just say, you know, please support the Meat for Tea cast. Give us five-star reviews and Apple Podcasts with writing. Follow us on the Meat for Tea cast and the Meat for Tea Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter, and that's Meat for Tea, at Elizabeth. Follow Meat for Tea on Instagram. Support us. You can subscribe to Meet for Tea. You can just pick up a copy. If you live locally, you can just pop into Broadside Books or Book Moon or um, Holy Molly's. Yep. 
get some comic books and a copy of Meat for Tea at Holy Moly's. That's right. So much bang for your buck. So definitely, definitely, we appreciate all your support. We hope to hear from you. Maybe leave us a voice memo through anchor.fm forward slash meat for TCAST, or you can record something on your phone or computer and email it to us. We'd love to hear from you. Meat for TCAST at gmail.com. Or you can also maybe suggest things you might want to hear from prior Meat for Tea Cirques or... Just say hi. Just tell us about an episode you felt a particular way about. Just, we'd like to hear more voices than our own. (laughs) Indeed. This is your invitation. All right. I think we should get right to it. Yes. Our conversation with Tommy Twilight, a.k.a. Thomas Clark. Hello and welcome and thanks for joining us to the illustrious Tommy Twilight. Yes, thank you. A.k.a. Thomas Clark. Yes. I think we've published Tommy under... Both monikers, Tommy it's Twilight true. and yes, Thomas Clark. So Wonderful, yeah. We're thrilled to have you here. Our second only live guest on our podcast and our first one in 2021. Yeah, I think our, our last one was what? Was it uh, winter before the shutdown? Uh, it was... September, October, September, oh, yeah. September before the shutdown. And that was Andrew Varnon. So it's, it's been a while, but this is the first time we've had someone actually come sit under the three elephants, the octopi yeah. and the flying spaghetti monster oh. <laughs> and one year old cheerful baby me in our yeah. dining room. Yes. So welcome to our, our podcast dining room studio. Yes. <laughs> It's wonderful to be here. It's so good to be here in person and to see your face and to see Mark's yeah. face. And so I just, good. I'm glad. And the elephants are good luck. They are. These, these came from Mark's father when we went to clean out his house after his demise. We, we didn't previously know that he was such an avid collector of elephants. Mm. I knew he had a few things, but I wasn't aware of the... Roughly 20 stone those, elephant figurines. Those prints are from him too. And then there's, you'll look around the house. We have, we have a plethora of cephalopods and elephants. Yes. The in the house. Octop, oct, so is it octopi or octopussies? I don't know. I've heard <laughs> real <laughs> arguments. I've heard real about honest that. to God poets argue about crap like that. So, no, so the linguists. Yeah, I think if you ask James Bond, it's the, it's and, the latter. And, uh, some people are like, well, in the, in the Latin, it wouldn't make sense for it to be octopi. It should be right. the blah, blah, blah. So um, I guess I'm going to say that's a good reason to stick with cephalopod. Cephalopod. <laughs> cephalopod. No, no, just add the, is it cephalopods? Yes. Yes. Maybe. Okay, good. Maybe not. There's another debate to be had. Cephal- no, who cephal- knows? Cephalopod. <laughs> We're in trouble. Cephalopi. Yeah. Cephalopussies. We're going to get email. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So Tommy Twilight is a longtime contributor yeah. to Meet for Tea, both um, for visual art, which we had in the black current half yeah. of our big double issue. Yeah, it was in a double issue, yeah. And then in the Ceylon issue and in the Silver Needle issue, we had mm-hmm. some poetry. Yep. And Tommy's also 
a fairly long time subscriber yes. to Meat for I Tea. I recommend that everyone subscribe to for Meat for Tea. I mean, if you want your coffee table to look really cool. <laughs> it's it is a very cool book on a coffee table. It's got art, it's got poetry, it's got stories. It's got everything you'd want in a book. So um, We just added a new feature. Did you notice it was in the last issue? I You've noticed I like to pay attention to multiple genres of art. And it dawned on me that the art of perfumery was one I'd been completely skipping. And that's why you'll see in the issue you have when you delve into it, I've started a piece called Nosings, where a perfumer, Nosings is like my portmanteau for musings of a nose. So a perfumer just writes a little essay about whatever's on their mind. Fascinating. So now we've got nosings. But no scratch and sniff thing on it. I think I might have my magazine unceremoniously thrown out of almost every bookseller in the valley if it smelled like anything at all. Well, yeah, there's a, there is a thing about that. There, there's a, <laughs> I'm yeah. usually fragrance and I've got, I'm allergic to everything, yeah. but I can wear perfume. Yeah. You just have to be clever about it. Yeah. It's a thing. I know when I do my radio show at oh, the, Valley Free at Valley Free Radio that it's a fragrance-free zone. So you must not have and not I'm, wear fragrance in there. Even, I know, even, and I'm always tempted to push that yeah. so yeah. far and be yeah. like, so don't open the windows and let the natural smell of grass or flowers get in because that's a fragrance. Sure. And don't have a basil or a rosemary plant yeah. growing nearby because that's a fragrance. But no, I was I was in there do doing an the interview line? with um, Mo. Oh God, what's her last? Ringy. Mo Ringy. Oh, Mo Ringy is great. Yeah, and and she gave me like a a huge preamble about the necessity to be utterly like unfragranced. Oh yeah, she's heavy into that. Uh, on deodorant yeah. and yeah, everything else. She's a highly uh, highly sensitive mm, person. Yeah, she owns a cat. Yeah, she owns a cat. The, the cat. <laughs> Just, <laughs> There's a long cat, long cat uh, drama uh, with Mo. She's got a lot of cat drama. But, uh, I have a lot of cat drama, as yeah. in I get pneumonia within the space of an hour if I'm exposed to them. Yeah, my wife can't have a cat. Oh no, no, no cats. That was one of the bonuses for Mark when he got with me: is no more kitty litter boxes ever, ever again. I like cats, but I hate yeah. litter boxes. Oh, yeah, they're awful things. I hate litter boxes. Yeah, awful things. They stink. Sorry, cat lovers, but... Sorry, yeah. cat lovers. Have we offended you all? Are you still listening? Well, with a dog, you go outside. That's right. A dog. Yeah, and dogs aren't my kryptonite. Cats are, but dogs yeah. aren't. There's actually some breeds... You could handle, maybe. They're, yeah, mm-hmm. so the curly-haired yeah. critters yeah. Are, are fine. The ones with hair. So we've got you here, Tommy... Yeah. And we just want to ask you a couple of things before we get into maybe having you read some poems and play some songs and really do whatever you like. Okay. But I've just been wondering, no, the Florence Poet Society. Yes. Did you found that? Is I am the co-founder of the Florence Poet Society. I uh-huh. thought uh-huh. I had that. My friend Carl Russo and I were friends for years. Our kids went to kindergarten together, and that's oh, how wow. we met. That's how we knew each other. And one time I saw him at a poetry reading. And he says, oh, Tom, I, he talked like, Tom, I didn't know you liked poetry. I'm like, <laughs> well, Carl, Carl was a big guy, probably in the 400-pound range. Oh, boy. Massive. 
uh, good-hearted lawyer guy fought for the little guy, right? This is what he did for a living. Cool. And um, he said, well, yeah, I like poetry, Carl. I've been writing poetry since I was in sixth grade. He says, oh, uh, I like to sit on my back porch and smoke a cigar and write a poem. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, Tom, let's form a poetry group. And so we did. When was this? Uh, 2003, 2004. I think we really got rolling in 2004. And uh, we started putting out a, a book, Silkworm, once a year. Yeah. An annual review of the Florence Poet Society. And for the first several years, we did a, a poetry festival in Florence where we invited poets, regional poets uh, from around the New England and stuff would come. We had like the... Poet Laureate of Rhode Island and New Hampshire and different other people, you know, who are regional who could get here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've had also had people like, of course, like Martina Spada read for us at these events and stuff. So some pretty good names of poets and also a lot of people, you know, the idea of the Florence Poets was that we would bring poetry to the people and that anyone who wanted to write poetry or express themselves through poetry could come to our meetings and we would listen to their original poems and and uh, talk about them and if we could help them bring that that rising tide that lifts all boats if we could all work together and and make our poems better we would do that so nice that's that's it's You're like a bread open and puppet yeah for poets yes it's an open open forum, so to speak, and it's not limited. A lot of poetry is limited to sort of an academic bent. You know, you want to be prof professorial or have some kind of <coughs> Jubilat. master <No. laughs> of, yeah, yeah, master of fine arts to write a poem. And I don't think you really need that. I think there's a movement of, you know, of, of young people have this movement of sort of a slam or, you know, performance poetry, uh, spoken word. You know, we delve into that somewhat, but it's just a lot of regular people that some have gone on to bigger and better things who have been well-published and other ones just stay with us and keep going, so. But it's been going for many years and we keep the magazine going and it's a lot of fun. Who so. prints Silkworm? We usually have uh, collective copies to it. Oh, okay. They're wonderful. Uh, yeah. They help us lay it out and they're local, you know, local union shop. Try yep. to support that. Uh, try to support local business. Right. That's, we, we well, that's why Paradise Copies prints right. meat for tea. That's right. Stick with the... Yeah. And then you can call them if there's an issue or some kind of thing, and they can work with you. Just it's, any... Yeah. Actually, the last, the last issue that came out, I just had this, like, little back of my mind fear that we forgot to update the volume number and issue number correctly. I didn't want to have the old one. I just called them the next morning before yeah. they'd gotten the run out. I'm like, can you let me know if I'm being paranoid? Did we <laughs> do that right? But yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. I, we did it wrong once. We, the, yes, I, and I, I have been I, forever scarred. I, I missed it once. And <laughs> it was back when we were bumped and stapled and I was able to actually print labels. Little stickers. Little stickers that were the, exactly the right nice. size, using the same font and the same colors. And I think we did a print run of what, a hundred copies or something. Yeah. Well, uh, our print runs are so. small. People probably shouldn't even know how small our mm. going to stop advertising in us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they are pretty small. It's. I mean, it's a. It's an art journal in a way. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, the sort of 
you know, demand for copies every, and you put it out. Every three months. Every three months. Quarterly. Quarterly, four times a year. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, you can only push that envelope so far sometimes until maybe it reaches a point where it breaks through. But that's hard. That's really hard. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard. And, and critical acclaim, as you probably know from Silkworm, it's not like someone drops a bucket full of cash on your front no. porch just because you got some critical yeah. acclaim. I mean, yeah. it was very nice getting first place in the literary journal category with the um, New England book show. Yes. It was very nice. It was yeah. really nice to me wedging out plowshares because yeah. we've always been kind of neck and neck. Yeah. No offense, plowshares, but beating you was fun. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've come in when they were best in category. We came in first place under them a couple of times prior to that. Yeah, so I was kind of had my eye that they had a target on their back yeah. <laughs> from me. But, you know, that, that, that's, that's nice. It's, it's a nice thing to be able to list on yeah. the website, but there's, there's, there's no money. There's no additional ability to print more issues or anything accompanying that. That's no. just... But that's why people should subscribe to it. Our subscribers, our subscribers. Not that I'm selling. Not that I'm <laughs> no, pushing but, that pushing but that button. But people come on. should. It's a yeah, good it's thing a good, to have. It's, it's a good thing to have. It's a, it's then you don't have to think about it, and you just get it, and you're just like, oh, here it is. Here it is. I've you know I've got several subscriptions to a, a few different magazines. Yeah. But only only yours is the only sort of art one. I've got a couple other ones that come because I entered one of their things or something. Right. And I'll get it for a year or something. I'm like, I don't want this. But but yours I stick with. So Aww. not to not to rub not to like No, you hear that everybody? Rub the genie, <laughs> but it's it's I like that. So. Yeah. So, so you know, take a clue from Tommy Twilight. Yep. You heard it from him. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Anyways. Handing out some solid advice. Anyways. Anyways, did you bring some stuff you felt like Reading. Yeah. yeah, sure. So we got Tommy reading to us from his chapbook. So it's a one of my it's a chapbook I put out a few years ago when I was doing a reading down in uh, New York City for my friend George Wallace, who's with uh, it's like he's big into the Whitman House down there and yeah Long, Long Island poets and those ca- those cats down there. So it was good. Cool. So he invited me down and I did a reading at, at some cafe, which was cool. I met some great poets. I met some guy named Joe Rorty, which was great. And uh, Annie, uh, I don't know she's going she was Annie Petrie by then she was going by, but I think she's Annie Wilder now, I think is what she's calling herself. She's kind of a name. Yeah. Oh yeah. So some of them are, they were, they were good and I got to meet them and, and we're all still friends and it's good. And I keep in contact with some of them. And that's and, so cool. So it's cool. So I put that, put this out, you know, a few years ago. It's, I was reading it off my radio show the other day and I thought, well, some of these are pretty good. So I'll bring this with me. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so let's dig in. So, oh, let me give a pitch for myself. I was just selected as, uh, oh, please do. Massachusetts beat poet laureate. No way. 2021 20, to 2022. So, so I'll be, I uh, feel bad that Mark was in the room for that, but we'll just um, let you repeat yeah, it so you can get was, double the fanfare. Yeah. But, so uh, when did you find out? So they, they, uh, sent me a thing and they says, Oh, we want your, uh, bio and a picture. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder what's up with this. So 
Then they called me and says, we're going to select you. Who was the 2019? So, 19, so I, Paul Richmond has been. Paul Richmond. Yeah. So, That's what so, I thought. And uh, the National uh, Beat Poet Laureate this year, coming up that they're inducting, like me, is uh, Ron Whitehead, who's quite uh, well-known and, and yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Uh, amazing stuff that he's done. Uh, he was a good friend of Hunter S. Thompson and has written a book about him. And uh, they're putting out a movie about Ron himself. Uh, it's nice. cool. Yeah, so it's pretty good stuff. Outlaw poet, he calls himself. So I it's good. check out. So check out the outlaw his, poet. He's, yeah, he's, I want to check out his book. I wonder, I imagine like if Hunter S. Thompson was alive today, <clears throat> how he'd narrate what's happening around us. I think it'd be pretty interesting. Yep. It'd be pretty wild stuff. So, Bibby, um, Tommy just found out that he is the new Massachusetts Beat Poet Laureate. That's quite cool. Congratulations. I, thank you. Fucking huge. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, so. that's, no, that's a, Rad. Dis- that's a yeah. distinction. I like that. That is so good. So I'll, so I'll go down there and they'll do a festival, uh, hopefully, uh, well, it's going to be in person, but not everyone will be in person, but uh, in Connecticut in September. Uh, second week of September, they'll do a three-day festival down there, and all of us that can go in person will go, and they'll present me with the, you know, the, the honorarium or the thing or whatever, and it'll be great. I'm looking forward to doing a reading That's for them. Completely so. awesome. It'll be good. Yeah. So it's Massachusetts. I'm in the I'm the Massachusetts one. But now they have people. The festival is like for New England. Is that uh, right? Well, the festival is the internet. It's actually international, is what it is. Oh wow! Mm. So they have a poets. Last time they had poets from Greece, from uh, Canada, from Germany, um, and from several different states. Wherever they have a presence, they tend to pick somebody. So, so it's good. Good stuff. So if you'd like me to read something, I can do that. Yeah, please do. All right. So... Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of World War I-type poetry. I think poetry made a big shift in that time period. And I have a, an ancestor who, who was killed in the last few weeks of the war uh, by poison gas. And that, uh, my father said that the, the, uh, the Germans were, were, they had a lot of this poison gas left over and they were just shooting it everywhere at people to try and get rid of it. Because, like, you know, it's kind of, kind of a war crime. So they wanted to, like, get rid of the evidence and also, and they were losing badly. So, and they also wanted to kill as many people as possible. So this was in the, the Second Battle of the Somme, which remains the uh, highest casualty battle in, uh, in history. So, so. Okay, yeah. Wow. So I'm going to read this and dedicate it, dedicate it to Leonard March, who is my, my uh, great-grandfather's brother. In those final weeks of the Great War, I actually thought I might make it home. I was wrong. I was wrong about a lot of things, like who was winning and why, not that it matters. I ride with Geronimo now. He says he has learned his lesson too. We watch the conscription from the ridge, the drones, the lies and the liars waving flags, the greed. We live on smoke. We are smoke, but we agree on one thing, that things were no different in our day. Sometimes then it was necessary to fight, 
to stand and die for what you were or to kill and die trying. The future has not changed that. Geronimo tells me he could defeat a billion dollar war machine with some rawhide and a few rocks and that even if you found a way to kill him, he would return and finish the job. We look deep into the horizon, going back a long ways and then forward through the distance beyond. We see legs and arms and faces squared off and separated from their owners. Geronimo rides off in one direction while I continue north through the boneyard. There is a surprising absence of blood and I'm colder and more mechanical as I ride on. I come to a river of titanium. I cross it without dismounting. It gleams in the sun, echoes metallic under my horse's hooves like it is empty. The landscape is strewn all around with the remnants of machines, some of them still burning, fingers in the air. There are no rules that keep them from burning, just the fact that no one can stop them because no one knows how. Let me remind you that there are no human graves here, only a young girl singing in French, the little song of the maimed. Her dress is torn and her face is dirty. She is barefoot, standing on one leg. Prête-moi ton bras pour remplacer ma jambe. I tell her my name. She whispers to me, Je l'ai oublié, mon nom, monsieur. And she begins to sing again. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So very cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. I didn't know you spoke French until just now. I don't. <laughs> You didn't do badly. I did poorly, but I did as best as I could. Better I than, think you did fairly well. Better than me trying to say like the names of the Cirques. Yes. Whenever we do one of these uh, episodes where we're featuring stuff from the Cirques, I always just massacre them. I just go Google Translate and get a pronunciation tutorial. That is good. Repeat it a few times so yes. I can say it properly. Yes. And I have a little bit of French. Yes. Well, they taught French when we were kids. That was that was the language that was taught in our elementary schools here in, in elementary Northam- school. They taught you French. Third, third, and fourth grade, you started taking you French. Always start teaching foreign languages young. And, foreign, uh, I hate that word. And but then it fell away after a while. You know, you we they did it, and then they stopped doing it. So we had a French teacher like come around. Like an art teacher, you have them come around like once a week. Right. And you had a French teacher come around once a week. It wasn't, wasn't really enough, but he would come around once a week. And then the, so that, that's, that's how they would do it. kind of about the value that was placed yeah. on humanities. Yeah. yeah. Right? Just yeah. someone comes around and you get that perfunctory. Yeah. So from the Ceylon issue? Yes. 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 Look how much thinner they were back then. Yes. Look at the wonderful art in there. I know. She's so good. That reminds me of Ceylon for some reason. I don't know why. I think things happen to people's brains. I don't like people to be literal to themes, but I think just having the theme, they just kind of organize their thoughts in a certain way. Yeah. And it affects the submissions. Well, we've definitely seen some... Almost magical. Real interesting coincidence. Yeah. With... Not always, not always with the themes either. Sometimes just an issue will have a... Well, like 
Tartar, where the cover image had Laurie McClay's painting, the woman with a red octopus on her head. Yeah. And then there were writings about octopi and illustrations of octopi or one that was of um, a turnip that looked like octopi and it yeah. just like it just all sort of fell together it just like and that's what happened and that happened i like watching for that kind of magic yeah it's, it's weird it's serendipitous it is that was exactly the word I was for. there's a synchronicity to it that's yeah. interesting and and fascinating when you really look at it or i think so but it's just something that occurs by itself by itself so this one's called Slip, and uh, I like this piece. I, I remember writing this piece, and I like this piece. I like it. Yeah. Slip. I used to pray for truth, not just beauty, so I wouldn't have to lie. Now the statues have turned their backs on me, and I don't, no longer trust them. I've tried to combine the weather and zombies with mixed results. My big toe is the one stuck up your ass right now, and you don't know the half of it. This was written on the back of a cardboard hat. I laugh at the thought that someone someday might analyze my poetry for some profound meaning. Because anal, anal is part of analyze, and analysis is the shit you feed to mushrooms. Because your ghost is a warrior in a suit, and your suitcase is packed with the detritus of our collective psyche in the long ride to asylum. Because you wear gold satin slippers on your naked feet, and they are so cold. Because Hikmet knew what I was talking about, even when he was sleeping, and he's still sleeping. So here's a toast to those who didn't see it coming. All women are flowers, all men are trees. And I tried to be the man standing against the wind, but the wind took me down. And the fragrance of your form opened up delicately in the grace of your petals as I lay broken in your shadow. But that was what was. A flower blooms, then it dies. No one knows what it means. I have since fashioned this fallen log into sort of a crude boat, and my slip is secure. I could live here on this water for the rest of my life with enough propane and some fish. The fish jump into my boat like Nureyev before his defection, get themselves on the deck, season themselves with salt and pepper and olive oil. Even Jesus couldn't do that. It is up to me to watch the sunset and light the grill. If only you would show up with some of that cheap Italian wine, we could catch up on our ancient history. Like when we prowled the hookah bars in Granada or fucked in the stairway of our apartment. The sight of you bent over with your ass in the air was a sight for sore eyes. It makes me cry thinking about it. But that's not going to happen. Smoke and fireflies on the water are not stars, even though the tears burn. I have one last beer and some wild onion to go with the fish. I won't go hungry tonight, but there's no petrol for the engine and the battery is dead. Still, I wouldn't mind a cruise down the river. Looks like I'll be stuck here myself for a while. I doubt you would come, 
even if I knew where you were. Even if I knew where you were or how to get in touch with you. And how the hell would you find me anyways? I'm not sure I would want you to. I'm not thinking about us now. I'm merely contemplating the emptiness of sky and the phase of the moon. Long may you soar among silver clouds above the trees, beyond the atmosphere. Wherever you land, no matter where, no matter when, I'll be here and you'll be there just like it's always been. I won't say love. I won't say why. Was that also a little bit inspired by World War I poetry? Um, it could have been. I may have been into that kick. It may be uh, angled in that direction. I dust off my cobwebs. I remember there are Hickman a number. is uh, probably from not quite that era, but around, I'm trying to think exactly when. But, um, you know, there's many, many famous World War I poets, you know, because Wilfred Owen would probably be the most uh, yeah, yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's uh, quite a few other ones. Philip Larkin? Larkin? I'm when, not sh- when was Larkin? Larkin was a little later, I think. A little think. later? Yeah. World War II. English. Philip more Larkin. World War II, he, World is, War is II would be more his okay. era, I think. The librarian. Yeah. 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 I've read some of his stuff. And didn't he do that? See, I can't believe how many cobwebs. I, I studied this. I got degrees in this stuff. Yeah. And it's all... I can never remember this stuff. So I, you just have to go back and read it and reread it and yeah. reread it. And then, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Got to live with it. But Philip Larkin, didn't he do that poem, They Fuck You Up, Your Mom and Dad? Yes. Right, yes, right. yes, yes, yeah. Such a good one. They do that to you. Yeah. Even if they try not to. Even if they try not to. It's, it's, that's, isn't that what every parent just hopes they don't do is... Fuck you up one way or the other. We try not, you know, I'm a parent, of course you are. And yeah, yeah. Because you try not Mark, to. You try not you to. You try not to. You try. It's almost, it's almost like the harder you try, the more you, the more you I, do. I just think it's a thing. Yeah. It's just a natural sort of slip. There's a dynamic, yeah. And there's always that. And yeah. it's never, it's, it's nothing new about it. It's, that's yeah. history. That's well, I mean, human Philip history. Larkin, it's, it's yeah. older than him. Yeah. Humanity is, is you know. We're not perfect. There's foibles. There are foibles. Default. We're animals at our core, after all. We are animals. And people f- think they're not. That's the, yeah. maybe the biggest problem is we, th- we have this belief that problem. we're not. We are a special kind of animal. We have a special thing where we are the ones who, you know, try to change our world and change our environment. Make it fit Make it us. fit us. And other animals don't do that. No. Not in the same way. Not in the same way. Not, not, same not way. even all other humans look at, um, I, I, hate, I hate words like undeveloped nations. I, I hate all that language just for like pygmy tribes and, and people living in rainforests and indigenous peoples that are living in harmony with nature. And I hate this whole white terminology for them, you know, undeveloped, underdeveloped. Whatever, but uh, I, I don't know. I think they might be very advanced because they're, they're not trying to change anything to fit themselves. They have knowledge that we <laughs> have long forgotten, and they have techniques, knowledge. techniques, and abilities that we have ignored. And, and you look at their true. lives, yeah. and I don't, they look pretty simple and happy. Yeah, and sometimes that's true. It's always it's a challenge. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's hard it's work. Always challenge. It's hard work. It's always <laughs> challenge. That babies. Did you watch that documentary, Babies? It followed four babies from all around the world: an African baby, a, Chi- a Japanese baby girl, Japanese baby, yeah. a Mongolian baby boy, and a British baby girl from birth to like age two, just in the way they were raised. It was amazing. So powerful. The Mongolian baby boy was babysat by a rooster. Yeah. Literally a rooster would just sit by his cradle and mind him. Yeah. And kind of guard him. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed pretty happy with it too. Yeah. So these ways of life that are disappearing, it's, it's, um, in a way it's tragic because Mm -hmm. so much is lost that way. There's just, it's. You know, we think we're advanced. We think we're always advancing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes we're moving in a sideways direction that's not a good direction. So, I agree. Yeah. You know, I think not so. not always good. Not always so good. You've got the silver needle issue in your I hand. Do. And we were talking about synchronicity around the art and the yep. themes. And this one's really wild because I selected that cover art by Braden Duncan. And then a month after I fell and I broke exactly that hip. Ooh. And had to have a replacement. And even if you look at the back cover, Ow. it's so weirdly prophetic. And of course, my son-in-law, Steve, said, well, see, you should have just picked a cover picture of you lying in a pile of money. Maybe that would have come true. <laughs> wow. We should still try that. You try that. Yeah. Anybody out there want to make that painting Maybe happen? I'll make the theme like leaves. Yep. So the front is a bunny uh, with mechanical legs, and a just on one side. Steel back, yeah, and uh, yeah, it looks like both both legs. Well, it's hard to say. There's a strange. Does look like there's a strange paw. There's a strange claw on the other it's side. It's oddly cute. Yeah, but um, despite its prosthesis. Yes, there's been a big bunny population this year. I don't know if you know oh, this. Yeah. So I had a beautiful bunny in my yard. It looked a lot like this bunny. Only without the yeah, without mechanical edition. Well, he could use he could have used the mechanical legs because uh, he wandered into the road oh. eventually. Oh, he poor lived, bunny! He lived in our yard for months, all spring and up oh, until about a, about a week ago. Oh. And my wife says, "You better go out there um, and uh, pick up the bunny before my." Son's girlfriend sees the bunnies because they were they were like putting water out for it and like feeding the. Oh bunnies. gosh! Of course, they didn't need any food because there's so much grass and stuff in the in the yard they could eat. But so they were putting stuff out for the bunny, and that, that was like their little friend. So. so it was sad, but it looked just like this bunny. You know, if you um, well, strawberry season is past, but if you, when you pull the tops off your strawberries. That's a treat for bunnies if you throw them. Oh, in the yard. I didn't know that. Yeah, they love strawberry tops. Yeah. I, I was throwing them in our yard away from our garden tower in hopes that they wouldn't eat my intentionally planted things. Mm. Which they did a little. Which, yeah, they did some nibbling. Don't know if it was nibbling one or, on one the or several. We've seen one in particular that lingers around. I don't even know if it was just around. bunnies. It might have been possum. I don't, there's there's yeah. critters are plenty to blame. They don't really like carrots except... If you just give them the peels of the carrots, they love those. Isn't hmm. that funny? All that Bugs Bunny lore. Yeah, they don't really. Well, they wouldn't. Li- they, 
to eat a whole carrot, I've never really seen them. Like uh, my son's girlfriend wanted to put carrots out there. I'm like, take the carrots and like peel, peel them. them. Just make a pile of the peels. They'll go crazy for that. They love that. So That's so go. funny. They don't eat. So Bugs the, Bunny, well, that was just like a Groucho Marx prop though, yeah, right? Yeah. It was a cigar. He Some, was so like Groucho Marx. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Or a yeah. carrot is just a carrot. <laughs> All right. Should so, I read Supermoon here? From would you this please? Okay. We're just a few days past a big old full moon. Yeah. It was kind of red one of the days. Did you see that? Uh, it's the wildfire smoke. Smelt it too. Oh, it smelled like burnt, uh, the whole air around like here smelled burning like burnt tires. plastic. Burning tires. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was disgusting. And a, and a bit of electrical fire too is what I noticed. Yes. I didn't go outside exactly. a lot that day. As, as a, as a, as a retired long career firefighter, I could say that it reminded me of a car fire because it's uh, plastic, yeah. electric, metal. It yeah. just reminded me of that. Stuff. Yeah. I, I walked outside of the building where the studio was when it hit the other day and was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait, where's the, hold on, where's yeah. the fire moves that strong? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh something, something's really yeah. wrong. And then I realized. Yeah. Ooh, like I could, the I could see Coast. the air and I was like, oh boy, yeah. here we go. Yuck. Here we are. Climate change is real. Yep. Supermoon. In the land of the supermoon, wearing my snake skin and plastic boots, glory lies in tatters on the street. The president is orange. Dreams of Putin and Mao Zedong and the pipeline through the burial ground pumps the blood of goons into the land of the supermoon. The supermoon shines with a cold white light in the dark black night, takes all the colors away, turns everything into 50 shades of gray. There ain't no protest song. The wars go on and on. The slaves keep working the machines as the children stare blankly at the screen in the land of the supermoon. So, mm-hmm. yes. Love that. Yep. I think Very I have cool. some pieces in that issue referencing the orange president. <laughs> 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 it's just the inevitability. Well, <laughs> he's got to show up in a he, protest poem. He found a way to leave his mark on history. It's That's for sure. May not be a... Oh, it looks like they're positive. They're, they're going to try to get him with a Rico. Well, that's how they get some of these characters. Like, I mean, isn't, wasn't that the Capone thing? How they got Capone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're still investigating going after him with a Rico. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition or not. I have yeah. my hopes. Yeah, he is um, well lubricated. That one, very slippery devil. It's hard to pin him down. Well, you wouldn't think it would be, but. You wouldn't think it would be. I mean, the guy's got toilet paper on his shoes. Should be pretty easy to pin down. You would think. A lifetime of practicing certain behaviors will make you good at it. Well, deny, deny, deny. Mm -hmm. Lie, lie, lie. Lie, lie, lie. Deny, deny, deny. So it's a strategy. It's It's a strategy. Never apologize. Worked for Hitler. Never did anything wrong. I'm the greatest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a. It's a strategy. I mean, I think they say that he uh, learned it from that uh, lawyer there. What was his cone? That yeah. guy. Yeah. That was he was, he was like a 
No, Michael's his one fixer. of his mentors somehow. His, his, strat, his, his early until he turned early, coat. Early formation. Coat. Right. Early formation there. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Pretty wild stuff. How long were you a firefighter? 31 years. Whoa. Yeah. Had a good career. I was uh, blown up twice. I almost had my head taken off over here in East Hampton uh, at a, a mill fire where we were inside, and the thing we had there was these. Ever see these big, uh, like eight foot uh, fluorescent fixtures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, with like really an eight foot ones. tube in it? The thing oh, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. So they had them in factories. They're like in schools. So the thing, it was it's attached on both ends, and one of the ends released when we were like doing some work and, and it just released and came down and clunked me like full force right in the Holy head. But fortunately crap. I had my helmet on and mm. it took a big chunk out of my helmet. So <laughs> they, um, close. So when I got back to the, it brought me right to, it drove me like a tent pig right to my knees. And they were like, are you all right? Are you all right? I'm like, Holy I think shit. so. And, uh, so we went back and it took a chunk out of the helmet, like, like a chunk, like, Were you concussed? like a two inch chunk. No, I was. I seemed okay. Wow, no worse than I usually am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can usually feel when you're concussed. You don't feel so great. And it just and, and those helmets are pretty good. And this was like a good quality one. It was a leather helmet, which is the traditional thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Was a was a gift from another guy who was a cat when I made captain. It was a gift from him. He says you can have my old helmet because he is he had made deputy chief and he had a white helmet. So you can have my old helmet. I'm like. I just, I just, it was almost new. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I took a chunk out of it, like two inch chunk out of the thing, out of the top of it. And um, I got back to the station and the chief saw it. I mean, I wore it for another couple of day, a couple of shifts and the, then the chief saw it and he said, you got to take that out of service. I'm like, what do you mean? It saved my life. He says, I said, take it out of service. So I took it out of service. I got a new helmet, which wasn't as nice. Did you get to hold on to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I retired, I had four old helmets. That's cool. That was one of them. Yeah. Do you still have them? Yeah. Yeah. Are they like on display? Well, they're at home. Yeah. I have two black ones from when I was a private. Because once I got, once a, um, a garage, we were at a garage fire and something blew up like a gas can or something and knocked us all on our ass, asses. And I didn't, we couldn't find my helmet. And I'm like, where's my, we couldn't find it. Well, so I got back to the station and they issued me a new helmet. I was like, I don't know what happened to it. We were at this fire, we got blown up and, and just, <laughs> I couldn't find it. And um, a couple months later, uh, the guy comes in. I think this belongs to somebody here. And he brought back my old black helmet. Oh, wow. And it was all, dis- the, it had gotten caught under the fire somehow. It was all the, like the visor and stuff was all distorted. Like, cause they were like kind of a plasticky kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. It, they were pretty tough, but it got burned a little bit. And uh, you could still kind of almost use it, but it was kind of distorted. Yeah, he wouldn't want to. And no, you wouldn't want to use it after that, but it came <laughs> back to me. So I had that one. That's amazing. Then I had the black one. And then when I made captain, I got that, First red one that broke, that got clunked. And then I had this, my last one, which didn't get clunked, which got burned a couple of times, but we got clunked. So. When did you stop? Uh, it was six years ago this month. 
Yeah, because I think when I met you, you were still actively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I recall that. I had a good career. How long ago did I meet you? Oh my God. Wow. A decade? Probably. Probably. Yeah. At least, maybe? Yeah. I know I'd heard of you for years before I even met you. Yeah. I think through the the local scene, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Did you write any poems about? That there is a poem about the f- four helmets. Yeah. Oh, to the fire helmet. This is such I didn't a good bring it, segue. I didn't bring it with oh, me. Oh, well. Then. Yeah. But, well, but I didn't that, bring that okay. One. But that's basically the story of it. Listeners, yeah. you should go look for that. Where is it published? Is it? Um, I don't know if it's published. I've read it a few times. Meat for Tea is open for some All right, I'll send it in to Meat for Tea. <laughs> I mean, Ode to a fire the helmet. The theme is... Cheek, so yeah, whatever the cheek is analogous. Yeah, yeah. The theme for meat for tea is always analogous. That just came out of my mind. I'm tired. Analogous. Oh my god, that was such a weird accent on yeah. the wrong syllable. If you want me to edit that out, you can just no. It's okay. People clear. can hear me fuck up and understand that even editors do that sometimes. I think that's fine. Yeah. So I was glad to survive the fire. It was good. Yeah. yeah. It's a good career. We're glad too. Good career. I mean, uh, there's a lot of sitting. I mean, it's not all drama. It's not all high drama, but there's plenty of high drama in a 30 year career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, there's, a lot of, like, there's a lot of hanging around. <laughs> there's a lot of cooking lunch. You know, there's a lot of cleaning the station. There's a lot of testing the equipment. Is all the lore about Firehouse cooking true? Is it like really good food? Or do people get to be really good cooks from all the sitting around and waiting? I'm a good cook. Yeah. My first day on, they said, so my first day, I'm mean, as green as the grass. I don't know nothing. <laughs> and they, they take me out, and I'm, so, they, so I'm calling the, we have these portable radios. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll take, this. so they send you to the store because you're the new guy. Well, buy me some, you know, some chips or whatever. Yeah. Get something for lunch or whatever. So I says, well, I'll take the walkie-talkie. They didn't know, they thought I was nuts. They thought I was like this idiot. Because, no, it's a portable. I'm like, portable what? It's a portable. You know, yeah. kid, pay attention, okay? It's just <laughs> called a portable. So anyways, they asked, uh, so they asked me if I could cook. I'm like, yeah, well, I, I worked in a restaurant. I can cook. I cook at home and stuff. Well, you, uh, you're going to make us something for lunch today. So it better be good. It better be less than two bucks a piece. And it better be all we can eat. So, and it better be ready. It better be ready at noontime. Okay. So go to the store, kid. So I went to the store and I cooked something. I can't remember what it was, but I would cook. They like basic food. Beef stew. Yeah. Chili. That's not just beef stew. You better plan six hours out, right? Spaghetti meatballs, um, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, Baked ham, roast chicken, something we could all share. Yeah. Um, So I made something for them and they liked it. Then I was the cook. And cool. that's, what, that's what earned me my sort of cachet as, as part of the team, as part of the crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good in. Keep yeah. everyone well fed. Yeah. And you're, you're in. And it, in those days, we had the cereals market right next to the station. So we'd go over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a nice, in those days, it was a wonderful uh, little market. It had a nice meat counter and... And uh, the prices were reasonable, and you could always find something on special to make something, a meatloaf dinner or some kind of thing. Yeah. I miss so, cereals. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. They're, I know, I miss them a lot. Yeah. I used to, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful for Corsella's Butcheria 
in East Hampton. Oh, yeah. I haven't been there yet, but I've heard of it. So it's kind of near the Ninis, isn't it there? Right next door. Yeah, yeah. It's it's where the old flywheel space used to be. It's Mm. the same building. It's right in the the same building. It's the other end of the same building. It's really, literally across the street from from Ninis. I mean, on the same side of Cottage Street, but, you know, across, uh, what is that? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Is that Orchard? Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Cereals, you could you'd actually get that kind of friendly neighborhood butcher. I could yeah. ask for a particular cut. Exactly. Have something yep. cut to my specifications, yep. butterflied or spatchcocked or whatever but I needed. But it's tough to survive for those kind of guys. Yeah. Corsellas is doing it. Yeah, good. Yeah, they're doing a really good they're job. Doing, they're doing a really, really good job. Yeah, yeah actually, if you... So you have to special. They're a little more, almost a little more specialty, maybe. So. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little they're, bit. A little bit on the, on the, you know, they're catering to the sort of the higher end. Yeah. But that's not Very what they affordable. try to do. Yeah, they try to be affordable. Yeah. They, but just they, the quality of the stuff they get, they can't. You know, they're not super cheap. But yeah. some stuff's pretty competitive with grocery yeah. stores. I'll have to go and check it out. I haven't been there. I've heard of it. I've been wanting to go. So there's, yeah. this is my impetus right now. I think. <laughs> On our, um, you know, we, we did virtual circs that you could watch on the um, Meet for Tea Facebook yep. during the whole um, worst of the pandemic. And was it our December one? I think it might have been. December, there's a little short documentary about them that's lovely to see, but they're like, their meat is a carbon sink. Their beef is, yeah. The, the farmers they work with are actually carbon sinks. They, they pull more carbon out of the atmosphere than nice. they produce. Yeah. It's just, it is possible to do oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just, really you don't cool. think of it Oh, sure it is. Because factory farming can't do that. No. Actually, Mark just picked up. We, we do their meat share. We that, do a half meat share. And it ends up being... It's actually really reasonable by the Really pound. reasonable. And also, I think Americans need to get this idea out of their heads that you don't you don't want something unless it's as cheap as possible. Right. Oh yeah. Someone's you can't, always losing out. On you the can't. Other yeah. End you of that can't chain. go. Right. You can't go that way all the time. Right. Yeah. Because well, and Vincent talks about that in this little documentary about not being part of the chain of suffering. Sure. Uh, yeah. Underpaid workers yeah. and uh, suffering animals and oh the yeah. Whole, oh yeah. The whole thing. So we've been doing theirs. I. I their pork tastes different. You can tell it yeah. just like has everything is just. They work with great farmers and they're all very local. So the, the transportation carbon footprint is low as well. And that's really, really interesting and really good. It's like going back to the human scale of life. This yeah. Is what, what we all should probably be trying to do is and moving in that human scale direction rather than definitely. this massive everything big huge every you know absolutely factory things no i love this small human scale we were making pizza this weekend and mark had to go in and place his order for our meat share and i just told him to ask ask them tell them tell them we're making pizza what do you have in the shop what do you, what do you recommend we put on it and that's the thing about it, like friendly neighborhood butchers you can just have those yeah, conversations they, they made great suggestions for, um, you know, what, well, one of, you know, one of the, the, the I think he's sort of the head butcher there, Mark, said, uh, oh, well, you know, we've, we use this a lot, my wife and I, and we really like it. And, oh, that little melting salami paste? Yeah, it's a spreadable salami. 
Um, Interesting. <laughs> and he said, make sure you put it on towards the end of the baking time because Last it, it will melt into nothingness. And if bell it's in there pez, the whole time. cheese. And- yeah. I asked him, you yeah, know, would this go well with it? And he's like, yeah, I think it would. I said, what do you recommend for a sauce? And he goes, oh, just make a red sauce. Yeah. So. But just th- that that human yeah. interaction, yeah. so much Makes better. a difference, doesn't it? Turns us all into real artists in a way. A I, thing. I just, it's, it's like a part of living. It's like you can live, you know, like a... Subtly like, enriching. Yeah. It's subtly enriching, you know? Yeah. A little bit of that Something here and there. That really adds up to like a, a yeah. know, sort of a more uh, aware life. Well, and there's more interactions. And I I think that everyone talks about this like epidemic of loneliness and loneliness being such a killer. Well, you know, when you've got to go and meet with your neighborhood butcher and order your meat share and get a recommendation and maybe meet with your neighborhood bookseller and there's your antidote to this epidemic of loneliness. Sure. Of course, I'm speaking in a very post-pandemic way. So everybody, if you want to meet with your neighborhood butcher and your bookseller and everyone else, just yep. get get vaxxed. <laughs> Wear the mask. Get vaxxed again. <laughs> yeah, get double vaxxed. Get the whole vax. The whole vax. Don't, don't be half vaxxed. <laughs> don't go off half vaxxed. No half vaxxed. No half vaxxed. No half vaxxed. And we'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back. I had, a, I had a guy come to the clinic, and you know the reason I was working there is because all my firefighters, I'm retired, but all the guys were given the shots. You know, like uh, the guys, and the, the, the men and the women of the Northampton Fire Department were delivering a lot of the vaccines oh, yeah. because nice. they're, most of them are paramedics, and this is what they were doing. So I was volunteering to help. And so I had a, so my job was usually at the door. I'd be kind of meeting and greeting the people, telling them what to do and how to go about the business. And so there was a guy that came and he's standing outside. And I'm like, uh, yeah, can I help you? And he's like, I don't know if I can go in. I'm like, well, what's the deal? He says, well, I got the, I got the appointment and I had the first shot. And I don't know if I want to get the second shot. I'm like, well, I can't, dude, I can't, I can't tell you what to do. Right. But you already got the first one. I said, did you have a problem with the first one? He says, well, no, not really. I'm like, well, so what's the deal? He says, well, I don't know. I heard that the second one is, is worse. I'm like, well, you didn't have a problem with the first one. I says, I've, I've literally seen tens of thousands of people get vaccines. And the only really reactions that I've seen were a couple of things where the person had like a, like a, was more of an anxiety reaction than anything. Mm. I haven't seen a single serious anaphylaxis or nothing like that. Right, right. Tens of thousands. Everyone's walks out of here. They walk in, they walk out. We, it's nothing. Right. I says, you won't even feel the needle because we're I using these, feel it. We're using these really tiny, precise needles that there's, there's nothing to it, really. But they're too small for Bill Gates' yeah, microchips. I, I could barely feel it. Um, <laughs> so the guy finally... I sort of, I says, I, says so I, can't, I can't make you come in. I says, but you've already done the first one. I says, finish the job. I says, it's, it's yes. nothing. You'll the be wor- fine. The worst that happens to most people on the second, and it actually happens to some people on the first and not the second. Yeah, that's what mine was. Is get a little, you feel a little beat up for a, a day or two. That's was my I was, 
after my second shot, I was pretty beat up. The next day was yep. kind of just a wash. Yeah. I didn't really do anything. I felt like nothing happened yeah. to me at all. Yeah, no, I've, I've yeah. heard about 50, 50% of people My arm was to a little nothing. bit sore, but I moved it around a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quite similar to the flu shot experience that I've had. Yeah. yeah. I had that happen once with a flu shot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, I think it was one time when I got the nasal yeah. uh, vaccine for I've the flu. I've heard the nasal one was more. It, yeah, I, I was really beat up for a couple of days after yeah. that. But then it was fine. So, so that's your system reacting to the... Yeah. The, so your your system is telling you there's something you got to... Your system has to develop something to fight this Right. Off. It's so a good thing. It's, yeah. It's I mean, those, sim- those symptoms are basically like being sick, except you're... Not sick. Really. Yeah. It's your it's, system. It's rea- yeah, it's similar reacting. reactions. You get yeah. the symptoms, similar symptoms. Yeah. So. I wonder if we should segue to some music. We, we can do that. You want to? Sure. I think it'd be fun. Okay. All right, what are we listening to? All right, so this uh, this is a new song I just wrote a couple of weeks ago. I've mm. cool. tried it out at one of the tried it out at the last I think the last time I played at the Gundy's thing. Nice, but um, it's hard to uh, so we're playing now at this uh, at the JJ's upstairs. So yeah, so that's a thing. Uh, it's uh, the sound is it's going to take a little while to dial it in. A Where little is bit. that? It's up uh, the old Florence Diner uh, behind the Florence oh, JJ's Diner. JJ's Tavern. Okay. So they do that. Yeah, yeah. Are they doing that upstairs? Upstairs, yeah. Yeah. So the, they have a room up there. The thirteenth floor. Thirteenth floor, yeah. Yeah, because. Oh, okay. Thirteenth yeah. floor. Uh, that's a good venue. So it'll be good. Yeah. Once they get it all. Once we get it started. dialed in a little bit, they hadn't hadn't used. The, so they were playing outside, but now that's stopped. They won't let them play outside. Yeah, I heard the neighbors. The neighbors complain. Oh no! Really? Yeah. Womp womp. But womp womp. But um. But they're back indoors. They hadn't used the PA for like a year, so they're they're trying. So Gundy was kind of dialing it in a little bit. So yeah. it'll be good once, yeah, once gets, they get that. Once they get that sort of. In fact, they're doing it tonight, so I'm I'm missing it tonight, but that's all right. I'm honored. <laughs> Thank you for choosing the meat for tea cast. Well, so this one's called um, "Daddy Likes His Luckies." It's my newest my newest creation. Nice. The cock will crow And the hen will squawk Cause daddy always wants What he ain't got Coffee's percolating In the pot LS means MFT Daddy likes his luckies The screen door slams Mama's in the kitchen With her black iron pan Daddy likes his bacon And eggs Mama keeps her honey In a jar by the window Daddy looks out And sees the day LS means MFT Daddy likes his luckies LS means MFT Daddy likes his luckies I am devoted to you You are devoted to me We are devoted to this It's what we do 
you can grow tomatoes in the barnyard and you can't grow flowers on the roof LS means MFT Daddy likes his luckies LS means MFT Daddy likes his luckies Mama's crying But it ain't no use the chickens always come home at night to roost Suicide knob on the wheel Tractor's getting rusty That's the way of iron and steel Daddy likes his luckies Triple X in the Frigidaire. The radio is playing something old. Mama's dancing across the kitchen. And Daddy's laid out on the floor. LS means MFT, Daddy liked his luckies. LS means MFT, Daddy liked his luckies. Woohoo! Very nice. I like that tense change. Thank you. We're in past tense at the end. So I know it's only the end of July, but I see people signing up ever and ever earlier for 30 poems. Isn't that interesting? In November. Yeah. Like I see people signing up like as soon as August. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they would do that, but. I don't, well, I mean, Philip Price uh, the winter pills. Oh, with, oh, that's right. Because he's kind of he has a one of presence with this now. So he does. But I, I, I think people are signing up earlier because they're accruing more money for the for Center the Center for New, for New Americans. Americans. Yes. I don't know if he felt like talking a little bit about yeah. Well, I, in November. So I, mean, I, I know it's early. Yeah. But why don't we get people in the head? Maybe. I, I, it might I not think be this a is a terrible idea. No, it's not a terrible <laughs> idea, and we can always start thinking about this and. As um, you know, I've served as chairperson for that event before, and my goal was at at the time was twenty five thousand, and they were like, "You'll never get that much." I'm like, "We're gonna get it." I says, "We're gonna get it." I know we're gonna do it, and um, so I contacted uh, the poet laureate at the time, uh, Juan Felipe Herrera, okay. and he agreed to make a, make like a little. Uh, slogan for us, so he did, and uh, that what helped. What was the slogan? Oh, what was it? Oh. Uh, if, you, if you remember, you I, can email yeah, it to me, and we'll put it into the see. show notes. Yeah, it'd be nice. Afterwards, yeah. so um, 
but he sent me a little a little letter and said, well, why don't you say this about it? And uh, because I thought that he would. And I've met the guy. He's great. He was a good yeah. guy. Um, and he he did uh, respond to us. And I'm like, we're going to get we're going to get the twenty five grand. You watch. And we did. What year was this? Oh, gosh, it's probably I wonder if I was still on the fire department or if I had just retired. So probably five or six years ago. OK. Yeah. Okay, and so since, I, was, I, I did it that year. Yeah. I, I've been active yeah. most years. Yeah. This past year. I, oh, it's, yeah. What is it? Yeah. House Fire. Sorry, Center for New Americans. <laughs> but it's, it's a beautiful thing, and it's grown. It was, of course, it was started by Leslie and Newman was the first mm-hmm. one. It was like her brainchild in some mm-hmm. ways. How are we going to raise some money for this? So... She started it, and we've been, me and my friend Carl were involved from the beginning. We're like, yeah, we're going to, the Florence Poets are going to get behind this. And nice. we always have at least eight or ten of us from my group writing and raising money, and they always raise a good amount of money. It's never like, you know, it's never like Philip Price type money or, or uh, Jane Yolen type money or anything like that, but they always raise <laughs> Jane Yolen type money. They, they always raise good. They always raise good money for it. You know, she's a frequent contributor to me. For oh yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. Actually, isn't Jane she? Yolen and yeah. Marge yeah. Piercy too. Oh sure. Yeah. The first time I got a letter yeah. from the desk of Marge Piercy, you could have picked me up off the floor. Yeah. So. But anyway, they're, um, they're just people too. You know, they're, they 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 want to be a part of it, and uh, and that's good. That twenty five thousand—that's impressive. But, and, uh, but now it's grown. I think it's. I think they last year. I think they raised fifty thousand. Right. That's amazing. Like that. So when you think about what was going on last November, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So it really is. So I'm hoping that they can keep it up and keep going. They have this person who's very, very. You know, I, I don't know how much of a poet she is, but she's a really good organizer. Who is this? That's okay. If you remember her name, we'll we'll put it in the show notes later. This mind doesn't always work so great. I thought Philip Larkin was World War One. So, yeah. Yeah. So I I feel you. We're always like. I feel you on that. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm slipping. You know, I had a conversation. I went to visit a guy the other day, and he's uh, he's getting rid of all of his books, a lot of his books. Oh no. Well, he's he's aging and he's developing. Uh, early onset. Oh, no. Uh, but he's a great guy. He was a teacher for years at Northampton. And um, he's a friend of mine, but he's got like this 10,000 book collection. So he called me up. He says, Tom, you want to come up and check? Does know, he own cats? I'll go. I'll be right over there with bells on. <laughs> he does have cats. Sorry. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Mm. I can't touch those books. But anyways. Because they're not for me. But um, so he he... asked me to come up and I took a bag of books. I'm like, I can't. It's like, I see Ernie. I says, I have a wall full of books that I haven't read myself. And I've read most, you know, and I can't take too many. My wife will go crazy. And uh, so I took some, but, but um, anywho, we were talking and he's like, well, who are your favorite authors? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Right now I was reading some Jim Harrison or, and, and I like that. And, and I was reading some of this other stuff, uh, Graham Greene and stuff. And I was liking that stuff. And I says, I, I don't know, I have my favorite is whoever I'm reading that I like at the time. Yeah, that's how I roll, too. And I can't remember, remember reading, like I was working at the bookstore for a couple of years after I retired in, in Florence. And I would get to read a different book, like every day. It was great, because it was, wasn't a busy shop. Right. And they used to carry meat for tea. Yeah. I had to stop because he yeah, let them get stolen. Oh, yeah, he's... 
He let them get stolen. I don't know. <laughs> I love the guy. I work well, for him. He's come to Cirque. He's a sweetheart. He's a, he, but, but don't tell me you don't know why my magazines are missing and there's no money yeah, from sales yeah. and they're just not there anymore. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. He's... <laughs> Hey, at least people like the magazine enough to steal it. Yeah, yes, I'll yeah. put them in the cover. Steal this book, right? Yeah, yeah please don't. Yeah, Abby <laughs> yeah, 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 please, please don't. But we're, we're the store is, hasn't been open since March of previous. I know. So it's sad. So I'm hoping it'll open up again. I I'm hope hoping, so too. I keep, keep asking him. Keep asking him. He says, "Oh, a couple weeks, a couple weeks," but that hasn't happened. So 30 poems, we should tell all of our friends to sign up. Please do. Sign up and write. Sign up and write poems and raise money for the Center for New Americans. And just, I don't know if this is true of you, but for me to keep producing work, it really helps if I put myself in a predicament. You gotta have a deadline. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a deadline and a goal. You got to have a goal, right? You got to set yourself up with a goal and and some kind of time frame for to complete. And that's why thirty poems is an effective thing. And actually, it makes you a better poet too. Oh yeah. You might write twenty five pieces of crap, but if you get five pieces of good poetry out of one month, that doesn't suck. Yeah. Part of the reason why one of my more recent albums took ten years to complete because I didn't have a goal yeah. in mind and then once yeah. i got a goal in mind the like the second half of the record came together in less than a year yeah yeah you gotta you gotta and until i had that you gotta pin it down somehow i'm guilty as anybody of doing not pinning things down like that i feel guilty sometimes about opting out of it but it's tricky because it's the month before the december issue is coming out so i'm already asking a bunch of people to advertise and meet for tea and i feel like how many people can i actually ask to give me money <laughs> it just starts to get awkward when I'm like, look, both hands are out this time. So I have to kind of think yeah, about Yeah, you got to think about that. I, I, I do because yeah. I don't want to be like that girl that's always yeah. asking people to yeah, no. give her their money. Yeah, you can't do that. Which I pretty much already am. Yeah. So. <laughs> so be it. So, so be it. All do right. you want to play another song? Sure, I'll play one, oh, at least one more here. I think I can... I, um, and maybe we'll wrap up and give you some peach cobbler. I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's made special for you. Um, this one's called The White Queen. Some people like this song. So. I, so I've written a lot. I've been writing songs for a long time. For many years, I worked with a guy named uh, Peter Smolensky, who's oh, an yeah, artist. Yeah. So an uh, amazing artist. Um, I love him. And we've done, we had this music thing for years and years and we would we would sort of concoct a band we'd go out and play a couple times and did then you do stuff at michael tillier's place at anchor house did you ever he does there? he has done stuff there yeah so we would do these things and this is going back into the early 1980s where we thought we were going to be rock and roll stars right didn't we all Mm-hmm. We thought we were. We thought we were the greatest. We were doing I was this certain of crazy it. original stuff. Certain of it. Was it. So good. And we thought we were so good. And it was good. But we'd put something together, we'd play a few gigs, and then it would fall apart. And then we just didn't have the sort of mojo to kind of go on the road and play every night. Or it was just it was, uh, yeah. it was just what we weren't doing that. We were just and we recorded his house and we recorded hundreds, hundreds of songs. But eventually 
we started going in different directions. And he was very into the sort of uh, gimmick, well, I would call them gimmicks, but electronic mm. um, sort of every new kind of thing. He'd have to have the, the newest. Every gadget. Uh, yeah, all the keyboards and everything else. And I was more tactile than that. It's like, well, I got a piece of wood and it's got strings on it. I can do this. <laughs> Good to go. Work, work with this. And, you know, I got a, uh, a drum I can pound on or something like that. Right, so, right. And uh, I would write. My, the stuff I write is sort of lyric driven and it's, and it's, you know, just chord progressions and lyric driven. And that's what I do. So he's more different. And we would, we, it was good for a long time, but yeah, we've gone. That, that could be compatible. We've that. gone in our own different directions here. Fair enough. Which is fine. Yeah. But for years and years, we did stuff together. I love his art. Oh, his art's amazing. I wish, yeah. I, I've been nagging him for over a dozen years to submit art for a cover. He always says he will, but he never yeah, does. Yeah, he never but. does. Yeah. I had him do something for Silkworm, and it was... It was, it was a struggle. Kudos to you for getting that. It was a struggle. Anyways. Without further ado. Without further ado. <laughs> I had it all. I let it fall apart. I broke all the rules. And I broke her heart. I could go there now Slip back through space And time If I could dream the dream That you were mine I'd give it all away My last ounce of dreams If I could touch the face of the White Queen I had a chance I let it slip away I know that when we danced I heard the music play And you came to me On that night So cold And you lit the fire Deep in my soul I'd give it all away My last ounce of dreams If I could touch the face of the White Queen There was a time I remember when There was a place We were lovers then And you came to me On that night So cold 
And you lit the fire deep in my soul I'd give it all away My last ounce of dreams If I could touch the face of the White Queen Yay. Love that. Mm -hmm. White Queen. Yeah. I, I love anything that's through Looking Glass or Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Inspired. That's good inspiration for that one. Yeah. 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 I, I'm fairly much of a big Charles Dodson geek. Oh, yeah. Annotated Alice owner. I've taught through the Looking Glass to multiple, probably befuddled English 102 classes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, all right. I just I like to ask a few things before yeah. I wrap up, just because I ask everybody, but they're fun. But um, what are you reading these days? Well, I just mentioned I was reading some Jim Harrison. Uh, mm -hmm. He writes a lot of poetry. He's quite the uh, versatile uh, author and nice. novels, novellas, poetry, and also you know sort of uh, nonfiction stuff too. I need to had put him on my list. I, I haven't career. encountered him. Um, I can say that some of them I've read were just blew my mind. Other ones, me. What are the mind blowers? Uh, I really like The River Swimmer as a novella. Quite excellent, I thought. Cool. Wonderful, excellent, yeah. Um, there's a couple other ones that weren't as good. but and the poetry can be really good. It can be a little... Um, yeah, I don't know, intellectual in some ways. I don't know. Mm. It was good. But it was a good, very versatile stuff. Uh, some of it really, really amazing, good. Um, Is he readily available? Oh, yeah. So you can just go oh, yeah. broadside quite well and just known. Yeah. dig him up? Yeah, yeah. quite well known. Because a real following. Um, died a couple years ago. Has a large body of work. Where is he, where, where is he based Western, out of? Western. Uh, he writes California. a lot of stuff. He writes a lot of stuff that um, has sort of a Native American angle and stuff from cool. the upper Michigan Peninsula is based uh, a lot oh, of interesting. stuff. So those tribes up in that area, really cool. So I, okay, I've got so those stuff where, where he gets in that wheelhouse and and writes from that perspective. I found those those pieces quite excellent. Those books quite excellent. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna keep my. But the River Swimmer I really liked. That was River probably my swimmer. favorite so far. So now novella, it's fairly not not really long, maybe 150 pages is good. I have always felt because I I write both prose and poetry, and I feel like crafting a really good short piece of fiction, whether it be a short story or a novella, is harder than crafting a novel because you have to do a lot. In a, in a compressed amount of space, you've got to build the world, you've got to captivate the audience, you've got to engage them with your characters. You've got to do a lot in a very compressed amount of space. I feel like it's a harder writing act. I might be wrong. Yeah. But from where I sit, it seems like it takes a little bit more to pull that off. They're all hard in their yeah. own way. They're all challenging. They're, They're all hard. hard. But a good short story is 
or a good novella is just a really good thing. I feel that way about a good essay, too. A good essay is a really amazing thing. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. And, and Meet for Tea's open for submissions, and maybe I'll say right now, I don't get enough essays. Okay. Too many people think they're a fucking poet. Yeah. And so many of them are wrong. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> just going to put it's that out there. Right. It's true. Is that true? It's true. It's true to that. So what are you listening to these days? Oh, like I say, I was on this Link Ray kick for a while. Yeah. That was really cool stuff. That's, that is cool and stuff. And in that period of time, and I uh, found a lot of the different sort of, you know, they sometimes they classify it as surf guitar, sometimes other, you know, but it's got, you know, different blues influence and different different weird other stuff that's going on with some of those things. Yeah. I mean, he came out of, I guess, Texas Swing was his thing mm. that he started with, him and his brothers. And then they were at some gig and they they ran, they were like, the other band wasn't ready to come on. And the, the guy's like, well, play something else. And they just like, well, we already played everything. So we'll play, just do something. Keep playing. <laughs> so they came up with this rumble song. Yeah. Off the top of their heads. And that it became this thing. And they kept And the crowd just kept wanting to play it. Like they, so they said they played it like four times in a row. And it was like the crowd wouldn't let them stop playing it because it was like a new thing. So that was wow. became an they amazing They just invented a new point. sound. He invented a new thing. On the spot. Right there on the spot. That's so impressive. So that was that was what happened. Is this Again, th- serendipitous. And do you do this when you discover something you're listening to? Do you, do you just dive deep into it? I do. And then I yeah. look at stuff, other stuff that, of course, I, I guess the great thing about sort of this Spotify thing is that you can look at what uh, fans of this the person neighbors. are listening to. Yeah. Uh, so you can, and you say, well, I've never heard of this one here. Let me listen to this stuff. I've never heard of this guy or this woman here. Yeah. Let me, this band here. Let me listen to this. It can be a great discovery engine for it's, sure. If you like it's Link Ray, are you familiar with Cordell Jackson? No, I don't think so. Ooh, I'm going to hook you up. She's amazing. Okay. Kind of plays in that style. She's no longer with us. Um, Actually, she influenced the cramps. Like she's got that heavy, heavy, fast style. She went to Sun Records to try to record her stuff. They wouldn't let her. So this badass lady just started Moon Records. I think maybe I've heard this. The Sun story strikes me as that. I think that when I was digging through some, I think I found one of her things. Look for some of her videos on YouTube. I'll send you. But she's amazing. She's got this permed hair she just looks like anyone's great aunt or grandma and she's wearing just like these ornate like roughly prissy dresses and she gets secretary say it's like crazy just shreds like such a badass it's and she just looks like the prissiest thing but are there any podcasts you're enjoying yeah i don't listen to i mean i listen to a lot of music you're I not read a podcast a lot. person. I'm not really haven't been doing podcasts too much. There's only so much time in the world. Yes, and I do, do understand do. that. I, 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 the reason why I listen to podcasts is because my house would be hella messy if I didn't. Because housework is boring. Oh, okay. So I just mitigate 
the tedium. And I can listen to something that lasts like an hour and that will be the amount of time I'll allocate to picking up or cleaning everything in a day. And um, I don't feel as oppressed. Yeah, okay. So it's just, just in the interest of having a tidy house, I'll, I'll have something nice. entertaining my mind or an audio book. Audio books, yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you got a record collection of a million records here, and you've got all kinds of stuff. And we've got tons. I mean, I, we've got another room full of books. Yeah, and, and I've CDs. got and CDs and, and about thousand seven inch singles. Yeah, and so I mean, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in this sort of sort of mode as well, uh, and maybe not as much with the vinyl, but a lot of other stuff. I do have a lot of vinyl, but not. You know, probably not half what you got, but it's well, this like, is, that's probably enough, though. It's probably enough. <laughs> he had a big collection, you. then he married me, and I was a collector too yeah. with a smaller collection. Yeah. And then every time there's a birthday or a holiday, we give each other more. Yeah. So, and continuing I have the wall, tradition. A whole wall of books, yeah. and it's like, my wife's like, you got to thin this stuff out. I'm like, no. Do you? No. No, you don't. No, no you I don't. don't. No, you don't. It's hard to do. There's a Japanese word. I really can't remember, but it's for um, the stack of books you haven't read yet. I forget it, but it's it's supposed to be a good thing. There's a there's a joy in having things to have things to get to. to. Yeah, yeah. You haven't done it all, but it's there for you. Yeah, it's It's there. It's those unclimbed mountains. Well, there's that that great Warren Zevon quote: "You buy you buy a book thinking you're going to buy the time to read it too." So <laughs> I love him. Yeah. I think we've done this. Yeah. I think we should say thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks for coming, and I think it's peach cobbler time. Yeah, definitely. Wasn't that great? I think that was great. Thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate all our listeners. If you like Meat for Teacast, maybe you want to let your friends know. Yeah. Let your family know. Don't don't hog it all to yourself. Yeah, that's actually one of the best things you can do is tell friends about the Meat for Teacast. I think they'll enjoy it as well. So we have one more episode left in season two coming up in a couple weeks. And then we'll take a little hiatus and rejoin you all for season three. But there will be one more season two episode coming up we're not we'll let you know you're just gonna have to pay attention to find out who our special guest is as always it's gonna be good we promise all right thanks for sticking around thanks for sticking around we'll see you in a couple weeks sayonara the meat for tea cast is produced by elizabeth mcduffie and meat for tea the valley review Mixed by Mark Allen Miller at Stone Lab, East Hampton, Massachusetts. Visit Meat for Tea at www.meatfortea.com. Please consider going to anchor.fm to make a contribution through our contribution page. You can reach us through meatforteacast at gmail.com, or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash meatforteacast. We welcome suggestions for contents for the Meat for Tea cast. If you've attended a Meat for Tea Cirque and want to hear from one of the bands or one of the spoken word contributors, please let us know. All portions are copyright Meat for Tea and their respective holders. Vote for Meat for Tea on your favorite podcast app. 
Follow us on Twitter at Elizabeth. Meet for Tea on Instagram and on the Meet for Tea and Meet for Tea Cast Facebook pages. Meet for Tea is available everywhere you get your favorite podcasts.